Welcome back to Beauty Boss Millionaire. I'm your host, Felicia Fricasi. And we are in season five, as you know, and I'm really just talking about the truth and how I made my first million. I'm going to quickly jump right into it. You know, as you know, my backstory growing up, not really having a lot of money, looking at how some of my friends lived, never in a position of being jealous because that's not a good place to come from, why you want to make money, but always wondering why why we couldn't have that or wondering you know why wasn't my family going on a vacation or wondering why were we never able to buy things in the store that we needed like things that we needed not just wanted but needed you know my mom I love her so much and she just kind of you know she was a coupon woman you know she was like look I need to have these coupons we would be taking bottles back to the store when you get five cents for the bottles growing up realizing that we came from a place of lack I mean I remember back in the day we used to take the food stamp dollar into the store Buy something small like gum that cost, you know, I think back then it was 25 cents or, I don't know, 20 cents, I think. And the change that they would give you back, which like 70 cents would be enough to get, they would actually give you back the change in actual money. And we would use that money and go buy some toilet paper for the week. Like that's the struggle I come from out of. Thank you for tuning in to the Beauty Boss Millionaire podcast with Felicia Fricasi. Her mission is to empower you with short, on-the-go business tips and advice to help you successfully start and run your company like a boss. And now, here's your host, Beauty Boss Millionaire, Felicia Fricasi. Welcome to season five of Beauty Boss Millionaire. Congratulations, you made it to season five. That means you're really hungry for this information. And I'm gonna be talking on how I made my first millions. That's right, millions with an M. When I say I come from the bottom, I mean it. And I get a little emotional when I talk about it because I remember those days when we didn't have a lot. I remember those days when, you know, we were just, you know, black kids just trying to make something of ourselves. You know, I remember my mom, you know, wishing we had more money and just being stressed out because you didn't even know where to get the money from. On the flip side, you know, my dad, he worked every day, but he was not around. We lived in two different cities. He was in down in New York City by Long Island. I was upstate because that's when they divorced. They had to split, which means a split of income as well. And you know how it is when daddy's gone, you're out of sight, you're out of mind. It's nothing personal. I've learned as an adult. That's just how it is. You know, when, when daddy's gone, which my father was gone and he's on to his next relationship, his mind is on the next relationship. And that means his money is gone. So that was a loss of income in our household. So I watched my single black mother struggle on how we was going to make ends meet. I watched her fight for an appointment just to get in places. I watched her her having four children and not enough money. And, and you know, at the time, think about it. I, I have two kids. I can't even handle the, my two kids. Imagine having four children and having to provide food, housing, sneakers, shoes, clothes, underwear, toiletries for all these kids on hardly any income, no income. So... I was able to understand and I realized that if I wanted something and if I wanted to buy something and if I needed something or if I seen something on TV, you know, some kids say, oh, mom, can I have that? Can I have this? That was not even something in my, I would never come out my mouth with that because I'm thinking, how can I ask her for this when yet she can't even get me the basic necessities of life? The things that she was worried about is making sure we had soap. We had dish detergent. We had stuff to mop. My mom is very clean. Let's not get it twisted. My mom's one of those people where she's very clean and she taught us to be very, very clean. And we also could not leave the house looking unpresentable. And when I tell you my mom made sure we looked nice, I don't think people even knew that we were suffering because 
We always looked presentable in regards to she would not let us leave the house with our teeth not brushed. We had to wash our faces every day. We had to make sure we combed our hair back. We were not allowed to wear scarves out the house. We were not allowed to wear any type of ripped clothes. We And she was very big on making sure that our shoes were clean. So if we had a pair of shoes, we probably had them for a while. But you would probably never know because we cleaned them things every day to make sure that we looked presentable. Because we had to really take care of things. I remember back in the day drawing a fake Nike check mark on some Cherokee Kmart shoes. That's how real it was. Like, because nobody has $100 to pay for Jordans or $50. At the time, I think sneakers were like $50 back then, which that was a lot of money. Nowadays, people buying shoes for a thousand. I got a pair of shoes in my closet right now for $1,000. But I'll get to that in the next episode of why I even have those because that was not my story in the beginning. Let me go to the moment of realization where I not only wanted to have money, but I wanted to be wealthy. I didn't want to just be comfortable or just making it. I knew I wanted to go from having a regular life to a very wealthy position. And I didn't want to be poor. I didn't want to have to look in the grace and mercy of someone's eyes if they was going to give me an opportunity or not. Like I'm not, if you're not letting me sit at the table, I'm going to make my own table. That's just how I am. And looking at the history of my ancestors, knowing how far that the, it, my, my story is really deep and you could have a different story, but it all brings us to why we want to not be broke. But my point is that looking at the history of my ancestors, knowing that slavery was real, that they discriminated against black people, which caused a whole big situation where, okay, so you don't like us. That means you're not going to give me a job. That means that my whole entire life, I'm basically going to have to depend on you to say yes or no, if I could even work, which determines my income. And if that's the case, then, you know, I'm just going to make my own income. Just like the woman who made her first million, the first black millionaire. What was her name, kids? Madam C.J. Walker. Thank you. Madam C.J. Walker. Just like with Madam C.J. Walker, she made her own avenue. She made her own lane. And that's what I'm really trying to stress with Beauty Boss Millionaire. If you do not have an opportunity where you're at, you're going to have to create your own lane of income and be your own boss, be your own leader, and not look to anyone else. Because people can fire you tomorrow and not even blink. People can just let you go for the smallest reason. If you're five minutes late, people are trying to find a reason. Look, I just had a, a friend of mine, a very, very close friend, had a job for 18 years out of nowhere. They sent this person home to work from home. Now, two weeks later, they fired them. And the rumor on the job is that they fired the person because they're hiring all younger people now that understand how to do things a little bit more efficient or whatever the case is. But I'm like, this person has all kinds of awards. I've been to this person's dinners that they've gotten from the presidents and all these other, other places. And here we are now, this person is unemployed, driving Uber. It's just crazy. You know, that's what I'm trying to explain to you. If you ever want to just realize how messed up this world is, go watch the Harvest of Shame video on YouTube. It's a documentary that came out in 1960 from a reporter that worked at CBS at the time. And this reporter went through and broke down how much they were making a day, looking at how their kids and then how it affected if their kids were even going to go to college, to school, if they're going to even make it to high school, because when you are a migrant coming over, picking the fields for greens, beans, uh, all these other different things, because when slavery ended, they had no one to work the fields. It's a lot for me to talk about in this episode. So just go and look on YouTube, The Harvest of Shame, 1960. Put it in. You're gonna, your mind's going to be blown because you're going to see people that should have a fair chance at life struggle. And speaking about that, I actually had a grandmother 
who was hired that she would go on each migrant farm all up and down the East Coast and check and make sure these people were being paid fairly and that their wages were paid fairly and that they had suitable living conditions. My grandmother, Minnie Garrett, was a woman who did this. So I understand what's going on in this world. And sometimes your mindset has to change, like we've talked about in previous episodes, on why you should want more than just the average income, why you should want more than just 20000 a year, 30000 a year, why, why it's okay to want more than $100,000 in income. You know, that, but I remember thinking, wow, $100,000 is a lot of money. When I was like 20, I think I was 21, thinking, wow, that's a lot of money. Now I laugh at that because I've made so much. I made that my first year in business, not to be cocky. I made $100,000 my first year in business. So to me, that's not even enough. And that's why I kept going. So, and, and that's really why I opened up that business because I knew I wanted to control my future and destiny and I wanted to drive my own plane. And to be completely honest with you, if you ever get to know me, I like to be in control. And it's a good thing. A lot of people associate being in control. They make you feel bad about that. But you should want to be in control of your life because why would you want someone else to control your life? Why would you want someone to say when you can go to the bathroom, when you can get up, when you can get down? I don't even understand. I don't even know what that is. That's why I try to be lenient with my team because I, I try not to do what other people would do with my coworkers, with my employees. I, I kind of give them free reign. I don't really control them. I kind of tell them the structure of it. And, you know, most of the people that work with me, they end up becoming bosses anyways. And I love that. As long as you do it the right way, just don't be trying to hurt me to try to be a boss. I'm going to help you. All right. So we're going to fast forward. I open up the business, right? I'm making money now. I didn't just open up the business and just do anything careless. In every single episode that I've talked about leading up to how I made my millions, it was on purpose so I can talk about how I made my first million. You wouldn't understand it if I didn't break down all the previous stuff before. You know, accounting for every dollar is what I did. That's the main thing. I looked at my cash flow. I said, wait a minute. I literally documented what I made each day. If one day I made $200, I wrote that down. Or one day if I made $90.60, I wrote that down. And obviously I had a computer system in place. I've talked about that in the previous episodes, what kind of software you can use. But just make sure you're tracking the money so you can see the patterns. Because if you can see the patterns, you can notice when you're doing something really different that's producing more money. And I noticed that every time that I advertise on the radio or every time that I advertise on social media or posted that my numbers would increase. I would see that people were coming. I said, oh, wait a minute. An action that I'm doing is creating a reaction that is turning into monetary value, which is money in the bank. That's creating me to be more wealthy. So I seen this pattern that I was doing, literally weekly reports, monthly. Even the weather I noticed would affect how much money I made because if I'm in a certain city, if it's raining, nobody want to come out. You already know what kind of day it's going to be. People, be, people cancel left and right. For example, if it's really nice too, it could be tricky because everyone wants to be outside. And if it's just like a regular average day, you know you're going to make some money. Like that's how in tune I am with my business. And when I realized that I could do $350,000 per location per year, that's when I knew I hit the lottery. And so it took for me to take all that money and keep on investing it into the next store so I can make another store. And from that money, I took and I multiplied that and I reinvested it. So obviously, yeah, I'm saying three fifty, three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Wow, that sounds like a lot of money. No, because out of that operation, three hundred fifty thousand dollars, you take away, let's just say, let's take a hundred thousand out of that, and that goes into your operating expenses. Because in the first, in the beginning, it's probably just you. You know, you're your biggest expense because your time. But the rest of that is left over. That two fifty, you know, that that's yours. 
You know, if you do the math right, after you get them paying for your rent or if you're whatever uh, design web developers, uh, paying for logos, paying for accountants, paying for whatever you pay for in your business, trays, uh, could be makeup stands, could be more product. You know, you always got to have more product. That's the whole point of having a business. You have to have a product. If you're a car salesman, you got to have that product, which is them cars. So you have to reinvest. It's always you taking a chance when you buy that product. You can take a low risk, something simple that's not going to mess up or break. Or you can take the high risk where you go ahead and, and buy something. I always took safe risks. In my business, I have kind of like safe risks. Obviously, when I do international deals, different vendors internationally, I take a risk because you never know who you're dealing with. You, you think you know, but you really don't know until you receive that product. So there's a lot of risk involved, but risk always leads to reward if it's done the correct, the correct way. I almost said the correct way. It's not even a word, but correct or cor- or the right way is what I mean. And, you know, realizing that you can make those type of numbers, I knew immediately I wanted to duplicate it because I've always been a firm believer that you need multiple streams of income. And probably because I got anxiety too, that I always think if this go out, I need to have another plan, a backup plan. So sometimes anxiety, people say it's always a bad thing. Sometimes being anxiety, having anxiety or being a little bit worried or being extra cautious or like having backup plans is not necessarily a bad thing, especially if you know how to control it. Me, I just put all my bets on in case something goes wrong. I have a backup plan and I have another store with income. And I'm telling you, I am so glad I did this, especially throughout this pandemic. In one state, I literally was shut down. None of my stores are open in one state, but in another state that I was in, we was wide open, making crazy money during the whole pandemic, making crazy money because I made sure I didn't put all my eggs in one basket. You know what that means? You don't put all your money on one thing. You're able to be in one area making money and another area making money and three other different areas making money. And now if one goes down, one operation goes down or God forbid something happens, you still have the other the other business, the other stream of revenue bubbling. So that's really the trick. And up next, we're going to talk about what I did with all this money. Once I started making this money, I'm going to talk about in detail on what I did. And you're probably not going to expect the answer that you're thinking that I'm going to do, but I'm going to get into this next. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Beauty Boss Millionaire with Felicia Fricasi. That's it for today. Tune in tomorrow for the Beauty Boss Millionaire podcast. And don't forget to follow the Beauty Boss Millionaire, Felicia Fricasi, on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Beauty Boss Millionaire.